I'm using the phone anywhere from two to four hours a day. I want to wrestle back my time. I unlock the screen an average of 65 times a day. I don't think I've ever been inspired to write a poem in my life, let alone on my commute. Note to self, weekends are a great time to let your mind wander. If you could look away from your phone for a minute, right? It's okay. We're here to help. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this week, a quick boot camp on getting bored and brilliant. Because when we first did the Bored and Brilliant project two years ago, tens of thousands of you took part. We were all confronting the rise of the smartphone and how tough it can be to look away when that thing pings at you. Now, two years later, though, the book version of Bored and Brilliant is coming this fall. It's got new research, new insights, and lots and lots of your stories, dear listeners. It has action steps and activities so you can cultivate your most brilliant self which you can pre-order in all the usual places. But meanwhile, we don't want this summer to go by without you getting a little bored and brilliant, particularly since we first did this project, things have changed big time, big league, even some would say. Politically, there's that whole climate change issue that we really need to solve. All kinds of things that really need some brilliance to be solved. So please listen, check out the book, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for opening my mind to the fact that it's feasible to get out of this cycle of checking messages and it doesn't feel too bad. Doing that challenge made me really reevaluate how much I take out my phone, how much I use my camera, and also made me reevaluate whether I really remember things or not because I'm creating a barrier between, you know, my reality and <laughs> my cell phone. I noticed when I stopped using my phone as much than my friends around me, I was more mindful of when they used their phone, but also like if I was just standing there without looking at my phone, that they kind of felt awkward and would put it away. Downtime. Resting your brain is crucial, not just to maintaining your sanity, but to being your most effective self when you get back to regular life. And our phones? Well, here's how you told us how your phone sometimes makes you feel. The relationship between a baby and its teddy bear, (laughs) that's the relationship between me and my phone. If I don't pay close attention, I'll suddenly realize that I've lost an hour of time doing something totally mindless. I think I treat my phone as sort of a best friend. If I'm sort of passive and let this friend take the reins, they'll run away with me and distract me and make my life crazy. Okay, those were listeners Jeremy Kelly, Jesse Badalana, and Jack Smith. And when you look at the data, that is just not what we are doing. There is this survey from the American Psychological Association, and it found that half of us check our work messages before and after work and on the weekends. 44% of us check our phones on vacation. And we did our own note-to-self survey. Thousands of you, you ranked your concerns about your phone. Here they were. The top three. Number one, that it's messing with your productivity. Number two, that you feel addicted. And three, that it might actually be affecting your health. And actually, you were right. The studies are incredibly preliminary. But we do know that all the swiping and the tapping and everything, instead of zoning out, 
it, it all adds up and it can have a knock-on effect. Because by filling every moment of our lives with our phone, you know, when we're waiting for the subway or the bus or waiting in line for coffee, we never let ourselves get bored anymore. And when we do let ourselves get bored, that, that is when magic things start to happen. Daydreaming. We let our minds go. Once you start daydreaming and allow your mind to really wonder, you start thinking a little bit beyond the conscious, a little bit into the subconscious, which allows sort of different connections um, to take place. It's really awesome, actually. Research psychologist Dr. Sandy Mann and other scientists told us that when we let our minds wander, we activate something in our brains that's called the default mode. This is a network that lets us do our most original thinking and problem solving. You come up with some great ideas, whether that's to do with redecorating a house or some great idea of something to cook for dinner that night, or a great idea for a book, or in my case, a piece of research. But, like, let's not kid ourselves, right? It's not easy. Ah, that's the thing. It takes a real stretch of your comfort zone. And people actually get really frightened of being away from the internet and being away from communication. But when you do it, you suddenly discover things about yourself and about your brain and your capabilities. Okay, we are going to turn our phones back into tools, not best friends, not crutches. Let's activate our default mode more often and get those creative juices pumping. Okay, so that was the why. Here comes the how. During the first run of Bored and Brilliant, 10,000 people tracked how much they were on their phones every day. And as a group, we turned out to be averaging two hours of screen time and checking, like, you know, just checking to see if there was something going on on that phone, 60 times a day. And for some of us, like listener Eli Mandel, looking at those numbers came as a real shock. I've been looking at it every so often and and crying over my terrible usage statistics. But then we tried to change our behavior in various ways to see if we could help ourselves think better. And the challenge that people said they found the easiest to continue applying to their everyday life was actually day one. We called it, put it in your pocket. So here, on your first day, this is the plan. Keep your phone out of sight while you're supposed to be relaxing. If you're chilling at the pool, you're just hanging out at home. You don't need it. No walking and texting either, okay? Dr. Alex Soonjum Kim Pang is the author of The Distraction Addiction. Doing things like not carrying your phone right against your body, but carrying it in a bag can help ease some of that sense that you always need a little of your tension turned toward the phone. So put the phone somewhere, in the picnic basket, your beach bag, leave it there. Only pull it out when you have something specific you want to do. Is a thunderstorm coming? What time is mom picking us up? Can we get hot dogs delivered? And then put the phone away. Not next to you. Away. The goal is to make space for deeper thinking. Or just space out. Here's what happened to some of our previous participants when they put their phones away. I can't even tell you guys how much this podcast has changed my day-to-day life. I have taken to clenching my fist when I feel the itchy urge to reach for it. And it's shown me exactly how much um, I really need this. 
After a brief period of really horrible withdrawal feeling, like lack of caffeine headache, I now feel lovely, had a lovely dinner with my family, and I hope to continue this structured use of these powerful tools. Okay, so that's day one. Now look, if it's incredibly painful, you can decide just to do it for one day. But if it feels good, or like you're incredibly hardcore, keep going. Keep that phone out of sight while you tackle day two's challenge. On day two, see the world through your eyes, not your screen. Take no photos today. Not of your pina colada, not of your children all naked jumping in the pool, not of the beautiful sunset. And for this one, I've got a modification, just like in real boot camp, like if you have bad knees or something. In this case, if you're not much of a photographer, then today try no texts. A Shutterfly study found that Americans take more than 10 billion photos per month. And millennials? Yeah, well, they take the most pictures of all. Each one averages more than 100 pictures per month. Listen to Evan Keel. He's a student at Stanton College Prep in Jacksonville, Florida. Listen to him explain why he takes so many photos. If I ever see something cool just going about my life, the first thing I would do is take a photo and share it with my friends. Photos are how so many people communicate these days, right? But taking a photo of something actually impacts your experience of it. Here's Professor Linda Henkel of Fairfield University. So you're basically saying, okay, I don't need to think about this any further. And so you don't engage in any of the elaborative or emotional or, you know, thinking about other things, the kinds of processing that really would help you remember those experiences because you've kind of outsourced it to your camera now. For her study called The Photo-Taking Impairment Effect, Professor Henkel took people to an art museum. So some of them had a photo assignment. Other people just looked at the paintings. And yes, those who did not take any photos remembered more about what they saw. So this assignment, it's not going to be easy for you Instagrammers, you Snapchatsters out there. But try to enjoy what you're doing today instead of taking a picture of it. If you're doing the no text modification, you can read texts, but don't send them. If you need to talk to someone, just call them. Whichever one you choose, cliched as it is, just be in the frickin' moment, okay? Okay, after the break, challenge number three. We're back. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and this is Note to Self and our bored and brilliant boot camp. When we did this project, the average decrease was six fewer minutes of phone time each day for us. Wah, wah. Well, at least I thought wah, wah. Until I went back to the scientists who told us just how difficult it is to change behavior and habits that quickly. Deleting the Facebook app would be as hard as going skydiving and standing on the edge of the plane and having to make the decision to just jump. We were incredibly ambitious. Perhaps more important was giving people the tools and information to feel empowered, like this person. My phone is back to being this inert but helpful tool. It it doesn't have the same power that it used to to influence my moment-to-moment sense of self-worth or to take up hours of my time during the week 
I really like deciding for myself when to think about or access my social networks, not giving my phone the power to decide that for me. So day three, the final day of the Bored and Brilliant Boot Camp. So far, you have kept your phone out of sight. You have given up photos or texting for a day. This challenge is called Delete That App. And most participants agreed this is the hardest challenge. But hey, you have the power. Take the app that is driving you the craziest off your phone. Delete it. Since the delete that app day, my minutes has gone from around 200 a day to below 100. I deleted Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat, and Vine from my phone in one fell swoop. I deleted Growler. So I'm just going to try meeting guys in the real world and without uh, looking in the virtual realm. For me, it was the game Two Dots. I was spending, like, way too much time playing this game. Oh, I loved that game. It was my way to unwind, but then I just, like, I couldn't put it down and I couldn't sleep well. So here, you can listen to the moment when I decided to delete my beloved game. All right. They're all jiggling, which means they're ready to be deleted. Move. Yes! You did it. How do you feel? Nauseous. Really? No, I really feel nauseous. I feel sad. I am proud to say Two Dots is still off my phone, saving me countless hours of mindless connecting of bouncing virtual dots. By the way, Flurry Analytics, they define a mobile addict as someone who launches apps more than 60 times a day. Even if you aren't tapping apps 60 times a day, I'm sure you have that one app. We all have that one app that we devote way too much time to. Delete it. Just for today. Read a book instead of checking Pinterest. Take a hike without posting updates on Facebook. Just sit and lounge without the pressure to tweet some clever fact or observation about lounging. Because your app of choice, it's gone. Just for the day, like I said, see how it feels. Enjoy the space that it has left behind. So that's it. A day with your phone out of sight, followed by a day of no photos or no texts, topped off with deleting that time suck app that made you feel badly. These three challenges will get you using your technology more purposefully and in turn, I really think, spark deeper contemplation, maybe even some brilliant ideas. And as I've mentioned, it's all been codified into a book that is coming out September 5th. You can pre-order it now. And I explained how all that weird algorithmic stuff works in last week's show. In full transparency, pre-ordering gets us in front of more people online, which is why I have to ask you to do it. In any case, though, if you pre-order it, I will send you a book plate. That is basically a sticker, but I will sign it to you personally with a pen. Yes, no robots. Anyway, details on all of that are at notetoselfradio.org. We are psyched. I'm going to be doing some traveling, maybe coming to your town, talking to hopefully you come visit me at the local bookstore. We'll put all that on the website too. And also we'll have all that in our newsletter as well. You can also let us know about your experience getting bored, any revelations you might have. 
We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're also at note to self at WNYC.org if you want to email us. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, Megan Kunane, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Matt Boynton for his help, too. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is Note to Self from WNYC Studios. And I'll talk to you next week.